This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, Steve Teal here. This is the Christmas Eve message airing on KSLR AM 630, The Word, right here in San Antonio. It's going to air Christmas Eve at noon. And, of course, on Facebook Live, if you want to join in, I'm going to give this Christmas message. And I'm just excited to share with you what I believe God's put on my heart. So I know it's very cliche and overdone, but we must talk about such things today as mystery neighbors who move in next door who could be pop superstars. We could chat about Leo Messi and maybe LeBron James. I know, I know every preacher in America is preaching these very things on Christmas Eve. I get it. But we power through anyway, and we must talk about letters from the IRS. And uh, let me get my computer right. From the IRS that show up days before Christmas. What else can we talk about? Of course, Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God. Ultimately, everything today will speak of points to Jesus, the Son of God, and the Word of God. And we will practically dare those of you who do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God to explore for yourself Jesus' life, words, and works. And as said as said off camera, an anniversary as well, which though not part of my Christmas Eve message, surely and certainly for me, my anniversary, our anniversary, points to the faithfulness, loving kindness of God, our Father, and Jesus, our Lord, Savior, and the Word of God. So yes, we are recording here Wednesday, the 21st of December. Anniversary shout out to my wonderful wife, Chris. For 34 years of marriage, we celebrate today. I'm so grateful for you, Chris. Your giving, loving, thoughtful, kind, fun, gracious heart, words, and actions. And then on top of all that, you are just a beautiful disciple and daughter of our Lord. You're a prayer warrior. You're a listener of God's heart. And just bonus upon bonus, you're a joyful beauty and very, very wise. And you are just completely one of a kind in the best way. So happy anniversary. I love you. The marksman asked if this would be the extra 20 minutes of the show. But no, that's that's it. Just love you and happy anniversary. So it is December 21st. We record here at KSLR on the 12th floor. We air live on Facebook. And uh, but we're on KSLR AM 630, the word and the word AM 630, the word, the word is exactly what I want to bring to you. The word of God, a message of hope, the word of God, God's one and only son, Jesus putting on skin and bones, immersing himself in the human experience embedded with us dwelling among us or for those of you who are the outdoorsy types pitching his tent among us, setting up camp with us. I'm not the outdoorsy type, so I'll say it another way. He moved right into our neighborhood, moved from heaven right into your subdivision, your street next door really is what Christmas is. Now, I'll say this in our neighborhood, right next door to us, a house is vacant. The people that were living there, Terry, Jessica, they moved out, I don't know, two and a half months ago, maybe three So I am wondering who will move in. One of these days, someone will move in. Will it be a family? Will it be a single person or housemates? Couple married but no kids? 
retired with grown kids who will move in. Now imagine this, a moving truck, Mayflower maybe, Allied Van Lines, one of those, but not a U-Haul. This is professional movers, pulls into your neighborhood, and you watch to see who your new neighbor might be, and you only see the movers. So you casually stroll over, you offer bottles of water, being a good neighbor, and ask them who's moving in. They heard a rumor, it's someone famous, but they really don't know. Famous, you ask? Hmm. Why would someone famous move into your neighborhood? It's nice enough, but the lifestyles of the rich and famous, it ain't. You remain highly skeptical, but your curiosity is piqued. And you sneak a peek at content still in the truck as movers take a large bed set in. It's king size, it looks. Like this beautiful frame. It's fancy. It looks expensive. Now, you look around. There's no children's furniture, but very nice, very tasteful, even expensive things. You notice there's not men's uh, men's things that you would expect. So who might this be? You're putting it together. You see the movers very, very carefully moving something framed, possibly some artwork, but it's covered and you can't see what it is. Then you see what looks like a guitar case, very protected. And then another one and another one. Is this a musician possibly, or a collector of guitars? Who is this? The movers finish unloading and you wait to see who this neighbor might be. A day goes by and no sign of occupancy. Another day and another day passes with no further hints. A week later, you catch a glimpse of a pink Chevy Silverado pulling into the garage. Pink Chevy Silverado. What is going on? You try to see the driver, but the garage, of course, closes too quickly. The next day, you see an Amazon delivery truck deliver a large box to the front door. Now, this is when you think, maybe I will just go and look at the package and see what the neighbor's name on the address label is. But how would you explain that if they come out on the porch? Instead, you get out your garden hose and you start watering your grass in such a way that you have one eye ready for when this new neighbor steps out onto the porch. An hour passes by and your grass is very green but also completely soaked. You turn off the hose and you decide, okay, I'm just going to head next door. You pick up the package. You look at the address label and the address is right, but there's no name listed. What? So you knock on the door. You're going to pretend you're just being a good neighbor and didn't want anybody to pirate away their Amazon package, which is in plain sight. That's how you'll explain it when somebody, anybody comes to the door. You ring the doorbell. Nothing. So you try to look nice and friendly. You smile for the camera. You hold the box up so they can see. And maybe you're on microphone. So you say, I didn't want anybody to take this. I wanted to make sure you knew it was here. Um, Okay. Welcome to the neighborhood. Going now. Hope to meet you soon. If you need anything, I'm I'm right next door uh, on this side. Okay. Bye now. You think about taking the package because then they would have to come and get it from you, but you don't. The mystery remains. Now, from a concealed point of view, you watch the door still, and eventually the door cracks open. You see shoulder-length blonde hair. This is, this is a woman, but you can't see the face. She's tall. She picks up the box and goes back inside. Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but you know who she kind of looks like? You're going to think I'm crazy for even suggesting this. But is our new neighbor in New Braunfels, Texas, in the subdivision across the interstate from Bucky's by Nissan Pond, could it be music 
superstar Taylor Swift. But, but why? It makes no sense. Why? What reasons? It just could not be why, how, when, why now. There would have to be some real reasons, some crazy, crazy reason. You know what? That's probably not going to happen, is it? That's very, very unlikely. You want to know what's crazier to me today, what's harder to fathom than that, what doesn't make much sense to my little brain? In Christmas, 2,000 years ago, God's word, God's expression, God's communication, God's very heart becomes human, becomes one of us, and moves into the neighborhood. The word of God becomes in the flesh. That is it. God's son moved in next door. And not some closed-off castle, fortress, guarded palace, but instead of being the moving trucks lining up and down your neighborhood with all of God's goods, God's son shows up with nothing but humility as one of us. The word of God put on flesh and moved into the neighborhood, on your street, right where you live. Put it to a song and the lyrics say this, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. We pause. We'll pick that up later. Why? Why would the Son of God do that? For what amazing, crazy, beyond my mind reasons would God send his Son to move into our neighborhood, immersed in human experience and embedded among us? I'll share just a few reasons. I believe God did that very thing, that very impractical, beautiful, wonderful, immersive, earth-shaking, life-changing experience. Number one, I think it's this to set the record straight, to reveal himself, to speak for himself. In the past, he used spokespeople called prophets to declare statements, give orders, teach truths, to pass on God's message like a press secretary to brief people. But ultimately, we may receive the words that God is speaking through these people, but we want, our desire is for God to speak them to us, not just as a messenger, not just a courier delivering a package or a message or a document. We want God himself, and that's what happens. The word becomes flesh. Did you know that when I was in graduate school at Fuller Seminary in Southern California, I had a part-time job as a courier, a messenger, driving to courthouses, worked for a law firm, Lar and Potite, and I would drive to clients all across Los Angeles and Orange County and even beyond there, dropping off documents, serving papers, filing documents with blue paper behind it. These were very important documents, but I was just the messenger. I was not equipped to explain what the document meant when I delivered it. I was a courier just working these counties. Most of my time, to be honest, was spent in traffic. I could deliver the message to you. I could give the message, but I could not 
embody the message. I could not explain the message. I could not reveal the motives or reasons behind the messages. That would have been my bosses, Lar and Potit. But they sent me as the messenger, the courier. When God's son, eternal, co-equal with God, remember, being in very nature God. When King Jesus comes to earth, Jesus doesn't just deliver the message. Jesus is the message. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus embodies the message, the teaching, the heart of God perfectly. I'll say this, unlike Moses, we don't have to worry about his lack of faith or insecurities or costly impulse reactions. Unlike King David, we don't have to worry about infidelity or poor leadership decisions. Unlike John the Baptist, we don't have to worry about doubts or questions or uncertainties. Unlike Peter, we don't have to worry about denials, rebukes, or losing faith. So let me just pivot and say this. The Bible gladly embraces the human frailties and failures, faults and flaws of its heroes and heroines. Where we, where I, would want to hide and bury such blatant human sin, mistakes, disappointing, disheartening actions and takes, the Bible puts it on display with blinking neon lights in bold face type, not to celebrate sin, but to be completely honest with the problem of sin, so that we can understand there is a universal problem of disobedience selfishness, and rebellion against God. So we can clearly accept that, yeah, diagnosis, we have fatal flaws and we need a cure. The Bible exposes it, discloses it, goes with it. That's one thing you can be sure of. The Bible doesn't whitewash its heroes. There is no revision, revisionist history here which is extremely helpful when we realize that's just how the Bible is. Here are the heroes, the sinners. So when you open the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you're going to get an honest portrayal of Jesus. If he was a sinner, you're going to find it there. If Jesus made mistakes, then you're going to read about them in black and white. That's just how the Bible is. The Bible doesn't pull punches, and it doesn't delete the facts, and it doesn't have false fronts and facades. It's honest through and through and true and true. So, seeker of truth, read for yourself. Go to the Gospel of John and see. Go to Mark. Go to Luke. Go to Matthew. Who is Jesus? Who is this Son of God? Find the inconsistencies in his character if you can. Find the flaws if you can. Search deep and wide. What you will see is the honest portrayal and picture of Jesus because that's the only way God knows how to speak. So reject Jesus, seeker of truth, if you must, but don't reject him in ignorance. Object to his teachings because you have explored them, not because you heard someone on the internet say you should. Reject Jesus after you've dealt with the stories, the words, the narratives. Reject Jesus on your own decision, not someone else's derision. If you give 
an honest exploration, seeker of truth, what you may find is this. When we look at Jesus, we see God. If you have questions for God, and I know you do, you get to know this Jesus, examine this Jesus, discover his teachings. He immersed himself in the human experience. At the very least, you can immerse yourself in his words and in his works. What did Jesus say? How did he say it? What did Jesus teach? What did Jesus teach about himself? What works did Jesus do? Seeker of truth, do not deny your hunger, your hunger for truth. Where is your hunger to know if this is God in the flesh? Take that desire implanted in your core that knows there is more to life than money, food, power, sex, friendships, achievements, reputation, success, and adventures. Is that all there is in your core, deep down where you try to bury the ache and questions and pains, seeker of truth, you know there must be more. So take that thirst, take that hunger and seek. Don't ignore it. Don't erase it, but embrace it. Examine Jesus' life. Explore his teachings. And if you know him already, where is your hunger to know him better, to reflect him better? Let's go back to Taylor Swift for a minute. Question, am I the only preacher in the world to feature Taylor Swift in their Christmas message? Answer, yes, I am. Okay, if you're a sports guy like me or the marksman, you can pivot from Taylor Swift and let's kick it around with Leo Messi. I'm not getting into any arguments if he is the GOAT. If he is better than Pele or Maradona or Ronaldo, though, as to Ronaldo, Messi did just lead Argentina to a World Cup. But Leo Messi, you can read quotes from stories on the internet. On the internet, you could watch him get interviewed. He's laughing. It sounds like the Google's machine. You could read quotes from stories of Leo Messi on the internet. You can watch him get interviewed or talk at a press conference. You can read biographies about him. You can read stories and even controversies about him. You can watch him play and make judgments about him based on all of that. But what if Leo Messi moved in next door and knocked on your door and asked to borrow a cup of flour? What if Leo Messi said, do you want to come over? I'm making some empanadas. Would love to share with you. Come on over. Did I say that close to right? No. Not a soccer fan? That's okay. What if it was LeBron James who moved in next door? Maybe you're a hater. I don't know. But wouldn't it be cool if he did? What if he came next door and said, hey, do you mind if I come in for a while? I'd just like to get to know my next door neighbor. And oh, yeah, you can ask me anything, too. I'm looking for a friend I can open up to. Can you imagine that? What would you ask? What would you want to know that the public doesn't hear in an interview or a soundbite or a red carpet 30 seconds with Taylor Swift? Back to Taylor. Fans, would you just be starstruck and ask something that you immediately regretted for how dumb it feels? Uh, Taylor, uh, what inspires your music? Oh, man, that was terrible. What questions would you have for LeBron or for Messi? What would you ask? When God's son came to earth, the word of God was not communicating uh, was was always communicating something. Even when he chose silence, he was communicating. Every action, every touch, every word spoke something for you. For us, Jesus moved into our neighborhood right next door. 
What questions would you have for Jesus? Uh, Let me ask you this. Would you be open to a dialogue with Jesus? Let me ask it this way. Yes. What questions would Jesus have for you? Jesus wants genuine relationship and friendship with you. Now, when God sent his only son, Jesus, God, though he had been revealing himself, his love, his patience, his perfection since creation and revealing himself really well, but through his son could clarify who he really is since his son, Jesus, would be the perfect living illustration, the writer to the Hebrews would say this, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. He would say this, the son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The apostle Paul would put it this way, the son is the image of the invisible God. He would go on to say, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in Jesus. That's first, that's 119 in Colossians. Why did God send his son? Because all those Bible heroes of the faith that we talked about were flawed and disobedient and selfish, and they couldn't fix it couldn't repair it, couldn't just grit their teeth and try harder to be perfect because the heart of the matter is corrupted. God sent his son because there was a clear problem. We are flawed and at fault and we can't fix it. Why did God send his son? The son, Jesus Christ, was the solution and revealed God's desire. And this was God's desire, reconciliation, friendship, forgiveness, freedom, to love us, to love you, to save us, to save you, to rescue us, to rescue you from the problem. That's good news of Christmas. God sending his son, the word become flesh is good news. But I think sometimes people miss the good news that God wants to bring reconciliation and peace because they expect bad news. Whether we're expecting judgment and condemnation or a stern, disapproving, demanding God who is a threat to your very happiness. All right, it's not perfect at all, not a great illustration, and yet I am going to boldly charge ahead. Do you get the U.S. Uh, Postal Service mail that daily pre- previews your, uh, what mail you're going to get in the email? Do you get that? The U.S. Postal Service, they have this mail daily preview that will come in your email. You just go and you sign up. Do you know what I'm talking about? You go to USPS.com. This is not an advertisement or sponsored by the Postal Service. They will send you a picture, a preview of any letters, bills, postcards you can expect later that day is delivered to you. So you might know, oh, man, I need to get that mail later today. I've got something important that is showing up today. A lot of days it's just junk mail, and I can see it, and I say, ah. Maybe I'll get by tomorrow when there's something important. See what tomorrow brings. This Monday morning, today is Wednesday, I looked at the preview and I saw some Christmas cards coming. Oh, that's fun. That's not bad news at all. 
a card from my mom and dad in Amarillo. It's got to be our happy anniversary card. Thanks, mom and dad. That's fun. That's good news all around. I scrolled for, further, and there it was, a letter to Stephen Teal. Now, when you were a kid, you got called Stephen. You knew you were in trouble. A letter to Stephen Teal and Christina Teal. This is not normal. Return address I-R-S. Eternal Revenue Service. Yes. Now, was my first thought, well, here's some good news headed my way just in time for the holidays. No. I was pretty pretty certain there was no surprise Christmas stimulus checks coming our way. Pretty sure we're past that. I was also confident the IRS had not sent us a happy anniversary card. So what would you do? This mail preview shows this is coming from the IRS to Stephen and Christina Teal. The mail is set to arrive about eight hours later. What would you do? Well, I Googled, and this is what I Googled. Why am I getting a letter from the IRS 2022? Do you know what comes up first when you Google that? Use the Google's machine. You have a balance due. That's the top one. Next, we have a question about your tax return comes up on Google. Here's the next one. You are due a smaller refund. Oh, I'm going to owe money. You are due a larger refund. Oh, little glimmer of good hope. We need additional information. Now, based on that list, I was expecting bad news. And so I waited by the mailbox all day until the mailman came. No, I didn't do that. You know me better than that, right? In fact, because I had enough going on, I was like, I don't want to see this today. I got to keep working. I don't want to deal with that. This is going to be some sort of hassle. That's what I expected. I'm not saying it's right. I just said I'm going to delay this bad news. So not until yesterday did I take that envelope, expecting the worst news, open it up and saw not bad news. Not bad news. It wasn't good news. It wasn't a check. It wasn't anything like that. It was just neutral news. And that was the best neutral news ever from the IRS telling me I could be eligible for the Affordable Care Act. Neutral news. But we celebrated <laughs> like it was great news. So see, my thoughts about the IRS, right or wrong, led me to believe it had to be bad news, and I avoided it because of my thoughts. So in my very imperfect little analogy, I do wonder if some people have such a negative thought of God who wants to punish, condemn, strike down, that they may miss out on what God really offers, reconciliation, relationship, forgiveness. I mean, what does God want to give to you and give to everyone? Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, so much more, purpose, his presence, all of it. So why does God send his son, the word of God, into our neighborhood? I give you one reason. I'll give you one more. To reveal that God is about relationship, reconciliation, repairing, restoring what is broken and what needs healing. Christmas is God sending his son, Jesus, to reveal the perfect heart of God the Father, to recover, to rescue our imperfect heart with flaws and faults, showing that God is doing everything possible to make a way for us to have a relationship with him forever. But of course, we are flawed and imperfect. Sometimes I'm so slow to catch this most important message. Now, Jesus himself would answer one of the 12 apostles slash disciples, Philip, 
who had followed Jesus for three years of his ministry, up close, personal, watching Jesus heal many lepers, the paralyzed walking and dancing, the blind seeing for the first time, the sick, the mute, even raising at least three people from the dead that we know of, if my memory serves right. Philip was there watching Jesus walk on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus another occasion sleeping through a storm on the boat, only to be awakened by a panicking group of men knowing they were going to die. Watching Jesus, Philip saw it say, be still, and the wind and the waves completely calm. Philip watched Jesus help as he helped hand out bread and fish multiplied to feed thousands of hungry people, not once, but twice. Philip watched Jesus love people who were mentally, physically, spiritually tormented by spiritual forces of evil. And Jesus send, cast out, evict those impure spirits to give peace and calm to these people time and time again. Jesus stood up to demonic influence and presence and showed he had complete authority and power over all of it. Philip watched Jesus as he declared people's sins forgiven and souls made well. Philip had a front row seat, all access, heard the teaching of Jesus about forgiveness 70 times 7, about greatness coming through serving others rather than being served. Philip even sat there stunned with the other apostles as Jesus washed his feet and the others too like a common servant. Remember Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Philip saw it all, experienced it all, but like you and like me, still after all that, Philip would say to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. That's right. Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. To set the record straight. To reveal the heart of the Father, to see Jesus is to see God, to know Jesus is to know God. The works I do, if you don't get yet that I and the Father are one, Jesus said, at least look at my work. And his works reveal compassion, power, healing, showing that God is for healing, for life, for resurrection, that Jesus is taking back what the enemy has captured, revealing that God's ideal is not a fallen, broken world, but giving a glimpse of a renewed and restored creation, a new heaven, a new earth, and giving new life, new hearts to those who receive Jesus now, who believe and who agree that Jesus would be in charge of their lives as Lord. Ultimately, that is Christmas. 
God's son becomes one of us, moves into our neighborhood, and reveals the very heart of God, love, compassion, perfection, and power to rescue us from our own flaws and faults and our own selfish rebellion against God to set us free from death and darkness, to give us forgiveness of sins that will be accomplished through Jesus' obedience to death, even death on a cross. Remember, Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christmas is a love rescue story. God came for you, for reconciliation, for relationship because he loves you or to state it one other way for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him and that is the Christmas message Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. 